0: Actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 237 of the Bossed Up Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. Today, I want to talk about the incredible, frankly, surprising Supreme Court decision that was, you know, became the law of the land this past Monday in a ruling that focuses on workplace discrimination and really all kinds of discrimination against trans and gay folks in this country. It was an incredible Monday to see the frankly, conservative Supreme Court, which is now definitely tipping in a conservative direction since Donald J. Trump has nominated not one, but two lifetime appointments to the bench and successfully picked his two justices. Uh, It was amazing and, and surprising to see that kind of Supreme Court yield a decision in favor of protecting trans and gay folks from discrimination. And I want to talk a little bit today about how that happened and what the implications are in our workplaces, because I don't think most folks have the full story. I certainly didn't before I did a whole bunch of research for this episode. (laughs) And I was elated and delighted to celebrate it. But it's a very interesting story. And when you understand the nuance, I think it becomes all the more historic and easy to appreciate. So first thing to note is that prior to Monday, it was perfectly legal in 26 states in our nation to fire someone just because they were gay or trans. So just because of sexual orientation or gender identity, 26 states, that was still perfectly legal. At one point when I was on the Stuff Mom Never Told You podcast co-hosting back in the day in 2017 with Bridget Todd, we did a whole episode on should you come out at work? And frankly, it was about coming out at work and it weighed the pros and cons. And we talked about how very legal it was to be fired based on such a move. I don't know what the hell, like Sminty podcasts are doing or what iHeartRadio has done with the podcast, because I can't find it anywhere on the internet. Otherwise, I'd link to it in the show notes today. But it seems to have vanished off the face of the internet, which is a shame because it was a great episode. But this is an important thing to take note of because it really wasn't that long ago that Lots of workers, trans and gay workers, were not protected in a fundamental and basic way from outright discrimination. So this is a major, major improvement, especially considering that just last Friday, there was national news, which anytime national news breaks on like a Friday afternoon... It's usually news that people want buried because it's like the Friday afternoon news dump that we hope no one sees. But just Friday afternoon, there was a new Trump administration healthcare regulation rolled out that gave permission to doctors and healthcare workers to discriminate against trans Americans because I think their argument was literally it's too complicated to treat trans folks with the preferred pronouns that they have. That was their argument. I heard a a Trump administration professional on NPR say that. And I was like, wow, are we even trying to not sound uh, bigoted? No, I guess not. Anyway, so as of Friday, there was progress being made to discriminate against trans folks. And Monday's Supreme Court ruling immediately invalidated that administration move making it fundamentally illegal to discriminate against folks based on sexual orientation or gender identity, not just at work, making it now unlawful to fire someone for just being LGBTQA, but also making illegal harassment, making illegal the failure to hire someone based on their LGBTQA status. But it also protects against sex discrimination in housing, healthcare, education, and credit. Now, the reason it rolled out the way it did and the reason it actually happened at all is a really surprising one, because Neil Gorsuch, who wrote the majority opinion, is known as a conservative justice, right? Is known as a pretty conservative member of the Supreme Court, and he sided with what you might call the progressive, the more progressive justices, and actually didn't just go along with them, but kind of led the charge in writing the decision, Now, what's interesting here is that when Neil Gorsuch was making the case as to why in his paper, in his majority opinion, why they came to this conclusion, it had nothing to do with constitutional rights. It had nothing to do with public policy and how we've evolved or how public opinion around Gender is more fluid now. And it was actually much more a case of what he calls textualism, which he writes about in his book that he published last summer, A Republic, If You Can Keep It. And textualism really means that it's the words of a statute in question that take prominence in the decision-making process, not the intentions of legislators or consequences of the judicial decision. In other words, he basically said, I don't really care what this means for the world or for maybe even LGBTQA people, but here's what the text actually says. And the text in question in this particular decision was not the Constitution as it has been in the past when lots of constitutional rights were extended to women and gay marriage, for instance, to gays. No, this one, as the New York Times writes, This decision was both symbolic and consequential, and it followed in the tradition of landmark rulings on discrimination. But unlike Board v. Board of Education, the 1954 decision that said racially segregated public schools violated the Constitution, Loving v. Virginia, the 1967 decision that struck down bans on interracial marriage, and Obergefell v. Hodges, the 2015 decision that struck down state bans on same-sex marriage, this decision this week did not involve constitutional rights. Instead, the New York Times goes on to say, the question for the justices was the meaning of a statute, Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964- which bars employment discrimination based on race, religion, national origin, and sex. They had to really decide whether the last prohibition, discrimination, quote, because of sex, applies to the many millions of gay and transgender workers. And frankly, Gorsuch said it did. He wrote in the majority decision, quote, an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions that it would not have questioned in members of a different sex, he wrote. It is impossible, Justice Gorsuch wrote, to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. So that's the reason this very textualism conclusion is the reason that this landmark civil rights Supreme Court decision has now expanded these protections, these anti discrimination protections, to all members of the workforce, which is so, so exciting. And it's really exciting that these protections against discrimination don't just apply to the workplace, but also apply in housing, healthcare, education, and credit. So, what does this mean for us? Well, a couple things to note. According to the ACLU, this legislation only covers, I I already messed this up by saying it, you know, all people in the workforce, but a little asterisk to that word all here. The ACLU says that this covers workers in workplaces with 15 or more employees. So those of us in micro businesses (laughs) like mine with just a handful of employees, unfortunately, like most of the laws of the land related to employers, we don't get the same protections. But the other thing I will say that is kind of a caveat to this is to remember just how difficult it is to prove discrimination. Discrimination, of course, it's a great protection to have, protection against discrimination, but proving discrimination is extremely difficult. This is really what We've talked about on the podcast in the past with Paula Brantner from Workplace Fairness. I'll link to her episode in the in the past as well. I've had this conversation with lots of folks, both in my time here at the Bossed Up podcast and at Stuff Mom Never Told You. You know, legal protection is fine and dandy, but proving discrimination is an expensive and arduous process. So keep in mind, I tell this to all of my negotiation consulting clients if you are trying to get a job, uh, if you are trying to get a raise, get a promotion, and you are, you know, LGBTQA, disclosing your sexual orientation or gender identity is totally up to you. It is still very much illegal for them to ask about your gender identity or sexual orientation because I I shouldn't say it's explicitly illegal, but it's unlawful (laughs) is another way of saying it because it opens them up to the liability of being sued. And in that same vein, you're going to want to be very thoughtful about if and when you disclose. Oh, I know when we had this conversation. We had this conversation about disclosing mental health struggles at work. Yes, it was episode 56 talking about mental health at work that we got into the the weeds with Dr. Monica O'Neill in a really detailed way about when and how to disclose that you need mental health accommodations or really any health accommodations. The same cautious approach is called for when it comes to discrimination, so, back to the example, let's say you're offered a job, it's your dream job, and you are ready to accept it. And you get offered the job. And when negotiating the details of the job, that's when you decide to bring up that you are trans or that you are gay and that your partner or Something related to being trans, which is obviously like everyone's life is very individualistic and different. So I don't want to make generalizations here. But let's say in the process of negotiation, you end up disclosing that you're LGBTQA, that you're in in the community. And then if they, the employer, withdraw that offer, rescind that job offer, you now have a more compelling case for outright discrimination and for retaliation based on your sexual orientation and or gender identity. So if you find yourself experiencing this, if you find yourself being fired, harassed, or failed to be hired because of suspected discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation, Contact a lawyer right away. Write everything down. Document everything. Save every email. Try not to have too many conversations over the phone with this employer or prospective employer. And if you do, take a memo right away while everything is still fresh in your mind But written communication is important in this point. Documentation is really important in this point. If you are having trouble getting in contact with an attorney who's interested in your case, the ACLU says to reach out to them. They may be able to help. And I'm also a big fan of that website I mentioned earlier, Workplace Fairness, where my friend and bossed up trainer team member, Paula Brantner, was the executive director for a long time. So check that out. It's not easy to sue someone for discrimination. It's a hassle. It is cumbersome. It is expensive. And yet, without those kinds of lawsuits, like the ones that were appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court, we wouldn't have landmark decisions like this, like this one from Monday that resulted in this becoming the law of the land, right? And in extending the Civil Rights Act to folks based on gender identity and sexual orientation, it's so exciting. It's truly a surprise. I would say it's a welcome bit of good news (laughs) in, in what has been a really hard week, a really hard month, a really hard year. And I'm of the belief that part of being radical, part of activism is embracing joy when you can unapologetically. And this decision brings me a lot of joy, and I hope inspires us to keep going, to keep fighting for all of us who are marching in the streets or making our voices heard, talking to our legislators, getting out to vote, which is a big part of this, registering to vote, getting involved in our communities. Remember, this stuff works. It takes time. It is arduous. It is uncertain, but it works. And that our democracy is ours for the saving, hopefully, and for the protecting because that kind of vigilance is part of what makes us citizens and makes us people who care about protecting our democracy. So I'm going to leave it at that. It's kind of a much more political episode than usual. Tell me if you liked it. Tell me if you hated it. All opinions are welcome. You know, part of uh, freedom of speech is the freedom to judge my speech as much as you want. And I, I'm i listening. I care what you think. So please feel free to call in or write in or post or hit me up on social media. I'm at Emily Aries on all the things. And I would love to hear your thoughts and what I missed. I'd love to hear your thoughts about what I missed and what's important to mention when it comes to understanding and celebrating this landmark Supreme Court ruling. And you can head to today's corresponding blog post, which has a whole bunch of related show notes and links and details that you'll want to check out at bossuporg episode 237. Until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb.